Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson, and this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, today we're starting off down in the shop with our super tech, Jeremy Garnett. Jeremy, how is it going? Wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I am excited. <laughs> we have this almost brand new L5P behind yeah, us. 2020. And of course, it's already torn apart. So <laughs> uh, our friends over at I Build My Diesel uh, sent it down for a new upgrade that we're working on inside yep. the transmission. Yes. Walk me through it, man. What do we got here? Uh, well, as you know, the 2020 is the first year of the 10 speed. So, you know, 17, 19, they you know, had the six speed in it. So we went to the 10 speed and we're going to try to raise line pressure. Yeah. So one of the, one of the drawbacks of the 10 speed is that there's no tuning available right. for it. So <laughs> although it is electronically controlled line pressure without tuning access, we can't change that line pressure control. Right. Uh, the the challenge for drivers, for end users, is when we have that lack of control, is you're, it's not gonna shift the way you want it to. It's no, like the no. simplest way I can put it. Yeah, like uh, fifth, sixth, seventh gear, it just uh, 50, 60 miles an hour, just it kind of searches gears, especially with the trailer behind it. Yeah. So um, I've had the chance to drive our 2020 with the, you know, the 10 speed and with the gooseneck on it and it, it searches for gears. It's just not, it's not impressive. It's not so, the way we want the truck to drive, especially once no. we add 150 horsepower with tuning to right. it. Right. Uh, so today we're talking about a shift kit, which yeah. I don't think I've messed with a shift kit install since like <laughs> LB7s, right? With right. like five speeds is like when you put shift kits on. Walk me through it, man. What what does this entail? Uh, this entails uh, removing the valve body out of the truck. So removing the valve body, splitting it in two, um, and replacing all the new springs and stuff that come in the kit. Yeah, so, so <laughs> it's a it's a ratio tech kit. It's nothing super fancy. Nope. Uh, if you do a quick Google search, you'll be able to find it. And then if you have experience with like doing these type of modifications, yeah, basic hand tools. I mean, the basic hand tools, and uh, it actually comes with a really nice set of instructions as well. That's and tells so you helpful. which bolts to <laughs> tells you which bolts to remove, and it actually pretty detailed with pictures. Yeah. So even so rare <laughs> anymore to get good printed out instructions that come with the kit right. that you can actually follow and be able to execute. Yeah. Um, in general, what are the tools that somebody should uh, have available to do this? Just a, a good drill, and it, like a mini impact, like a quarter inch impact. Okay. Uh, a 10 millimeter and an eight millimeter socket and pocket screwdrivers. That's so basic. Not basic bad. Tools. So, <laughs> uh, and a, you know, and if you want to reuse your fluid, we use, you know, we're going to reuse it since the truck's got really low miles. Yeah. And just save the fluid. Um, on this truck here, you got to have a fluid pump to put the fluid back in, though. Oh, really? It's not your normal dipstick, so right. um, you got to actually have a flat surface and be able to a fluid pump to put the fluid back in. Okay, okay. So, uh, so assuming you have all of that and you're considering doing this, what can people expect to get out of installing the kit? What's going to be the um, result at the end of the day? Better shift quality. I mean, just um, better shift quality and longer shift point so um that fifth sixth seventh gear uh, especially with the trailer behind it's gonna yeah. it's gonna stay in gear a little bit longer and it's not gonna try to search for that gear as fast this is so. again really essential when we're talking about a tuned l5p yes. we've added power <laughs> we've added we've added meat to the torque curve so there's a longer range that it's efficiently operating at the load of torque you mm -hmm. want we need the transmission to hold that gear so we can apply that torque We're, to the load. Exactly. We right. don't want it to slip. We don't want it to, you know, burn up the clutches. And we just 
We want it to last. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So this isn't going to be like, oh, I'm a, a half a second quicker on my quarter mile time. No. This is going to be like I love driving the truck and towing with it, and it does what I want it to do now. Uh, make it enjoyable to drive. That's it, You know, right? I mean, because how many times have I heard it say, hey, can we just put a six-speed back in it? <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, is, it is one of those super common requests. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so basic hand tools, uh, a, a moderate level of, of technical knowledge yep. to be able to drop a valve body comfortably and yep. work on all of that. What sucks about this job? What's the real pain in the ass when doing this one? Trans fluid all over. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm just doused in trans fluid, and it just, as I don't know if you can see behind me, it's still dripping. Yeah. And it's probably been 30 minutes, and <laughs> I've got about 20 minutes worth of work left, and it's still going to be dripping. So, it's, oh, it is just, it's forever. And yeah. It's everywhere. All right. Uh, what was the easy part? Was there anything that was like surprisingly went smoothly as you worked? Actually, pulling the valve body itself was easy. Um, okay. And then now I'll get into the part of actually having to drill the holes with the drill bit set or supplied and putting the new springs in. Gotcha. So, uh, do you got a rough estimate how many hours a, a job like this should take? Uh, about two to three. Two to three. Yep. Okay. Okay. So two to three hours. The kit's pretty affordable. Um, it, it's pretty reasonably priced. Yeah. A couple sure. hours yeah. for for an experienced tech or right. super tech to do it. Hey, maybe if you're doing it at home for your first time, it's going to take you a little bit longer. This is the first one or the second one now that you've installed. This is the first one I've done by myself, but it's the third one total. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we're getting to the point that these are going to start becoming more and more popular. We're seeing a lot of buzz on the forums right. and the Facebook pages about them. Uh, so you guys should definitely expect to see them in the future. Yeah. Any pro tips for our, for our audience today? Uh, be careful and just read the instructions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the reason is because uh, they actually supply two drill bits. All right. And uh, you don't want to miss drill one of the holes. So. Oh, yeah. Um, which, not saying it happened here, but I have read forums where it has happened. Right. So you just want to double check and... Just read the instructions really good. I like that. So. That's good advice. Every time we sit down and we have instructions, let's use yeah. them. Why not? <laughs> uh, guys, we're going to have a lot more diesel performance podcasts coming at you in just a few moments. Don't forget to check out Exergy Performance Products over at Calibrated Power and Duramax Tuner's website. Uh, you also can find them at WC Fab. WC Fab, another great sponsor of the show, uh, providing us with all sorts of cool parts, including traction bars, intakes, cold air, in, or cold air intakes, uh, intercooler pipes, and a lot more. And of course, uh, we're all available through xdp.com. Check out xdp for pretty much anything you need for a diesel truck. Stick around. We got more podcasts coming at you. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, of course, I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Emke. And this is uh, probably everyone's favorite portion of Diesel Performance Podcast, where we have on a couple of experts, uh, or at least very knowledgeable people, to help us out with answering some questions and sharing some general knowledge with our audience. Uh, today, we're really excited to have on A-Rod from PowerTech Help. I'm sorry, PowerTech Talk with A-Rod. How the hell are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having us on. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for joining us. And then your accomplice, uh, we also have Cody Phillips with us. Cody, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Doing good, man. Doing good. We are doing a little bit later recording than usual, so you guys might notice if you're on the YouTube channel here that Chris and I have some funky backgrounds going on. Uh, that's just because we literally can't stop talking about diesel, regardless of what time of day it is. So. And that it's an addiction. I think we're, uh, everyone on the call can agree with that, right? That's it. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> now, Cody and A-Rod, you guys have a lot of background on the Ford Power Stroke model. And that's honestly, that's one of the 
kind of gaps in, in really our expertise or knowledge. I know Chris is real strong on the Cummins and I know the Duramax pretty well. Um, but when it comes to power stroke, I think we know like the basics of the tuning uh, and things we deal with specifically at calibrated power. But one of the questions I got the other day that I just honestly couldn't answer is like, what's the difference between, you know, an early six, seven and a late six, seven. And I, I shamedly had to go back and Google what the differences were and where the year breakdowns were. Cause I just, I don't know it to, to that level. There's a um, bunch of them. <laughs> well that's it, it, it for the better so that's that's the important thing it just they they uh they weren't bad they just uh they tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and, tweaked and now we're boom where we are now and it's i mean powerhouse you know that's it the the famous thousand foot pounds of torque from the factory right that's what that's mm-hmm. what everybody talks about with the with the new generation so absolutely who wants to kick us off? Cody, can you give us maybe a, a rundown? I don't, I don't know your knowledge on like the six, four, what change, what was the big changes from the six, four going into those early six, sevens? Other, uh, the biggest change I would think, or I noticed is the location of the injectors and lines. Everything on the six, seven is outside where six, four is all under the valve covers Mm-hmm. And it fills the crankcase up pretty well. I'm six fours. <laughs> <laughs> Good money makers. Now, when when going from the six four to the six seven two, there was a big transition with uh, the air side of the system too. If yep. I'm not mistaken. So w- walk our listeners through what did the six four have in uh, terms of turbocharging, and then what was the revolutionary thing going into the 2011 six point seven Scorpion. 6.4 had uh, exhaust manifolds outboard with up pipes that wrapped around the back of the engine up into the, what is that they call it? Ooh, Com- turbos. Compound turbo, not twin. Sorry, it's mm-hmm. not a twin turbo, it's compounds. <laughs> um, where 6.7 changed to inboard manifolds, inboard exhaust manifolds, outboard intakes with a center mount turbo with short up pipes for quicker spools. Yeah, that's a big change. I think about the aftermarket Very world. Big. Chris, how many kits have we sold of people going to compounds, dumping the single and going to compounds? I know when the 6.4 first came out, I was like, oh, this is revolutionary. Finally, it's here. The factory is doing <laughs> compound turbos. Well, but remember, not, not a lot of those just, still together. No, I remember in like 08, you know, when tuning Spartan, things like that were first coming out. You know, that was like one of the first trucks where 600 wheel horsepower tune only, like that was nothing to sneeze at. Um, you know, and then as time progressed, you know, I think that like that six, four probably proved itself to not really be as reliable of a platform. Um, but when the six, seven came out, one of the things that I was really intrigued by, and I, I've never really been a Ford guy, but, uh, it was this, uh, wow, the sequential, uh, compressor wheel setup for the turbocharger. Like you get in one of those trucks, I mean, they're, they're torquey son of a bitches, you know, they, they, they get up there. Um, the reliability of that turbocharger could be questionable, but that, that's just the kind of things that always stood out to me when the six, seven first was released. Mm-hmm. When did they make the flip? Was that in 11, the first six, sevens? Mm-hmm. Yep. First yeah. year for DEF as well. So a lot of those guys that were coming out of six fours, uh, have now, whoa, what's this other port? Uh, hold on, I never had this on my other truck, you know. So it was something that everybody had to now get into uh, 
uh, habit of either having deaf with them or knowing where DF is going to be, whether it's going to be at the pump, at home, um, and uh, just getting in the habit and not mixing the two because we all know what happens when we mix those. That's not good. Um, <laughs> I made a lot of money good. off that. <laughs> uh, we try to educate people about that and not being in a hurry and, you know, making sure, okay, I'm grabbing diesel. Say it to yourself. I'm grabbing diesel. I'm grabbing diesel. I'm grabbing death. I'm grabbing, you know, just, <laughs> it's a redundant, just don't make the mistake. So that's, uh, I've never, I've never been able to wrap my head around someone making that mistake. I mean, I, I guess maybe I take it for granted, but it's, it's crazy to me with the amount of people that Paul and I deal with on a day to day with our nine to fives. And, uh, you know, uh, I would say it's more susceptible to pump gas in your diesel tank than it would be to put DEF in diesel and vice versa. But man, it happens. It happens on a daily basis. It happens more than you think. So, what were you doing that you were that busy, that busy that you couldn't pay attention? So it's, my, it's last, my last job was uh, 50 gallons of DEF in a cab chassis truck. No. <laughs> Wow, that is insane. It destroyed everything, even the tank vent. So wow. Oh my god. That is oh, one of the bad bad news. That, that that's like I, I I'm I'm with you guys on like the gas because like you, you you ever pull up to the BP station and all the handles are green? And like yeah. I've I know guys who I, I have a lot of respect for in diesel knowledge, and I've seen them make that mistake. Um where like mm. dude shit happens. <laughs> it 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 is interesting though because you jump into the death, and those early generation six sevens. I don't hear a lot of love for them. What, what's the year range? What do they run? Is it like eleven to? Is it just eleven and twelve, or do they consider like eleven to fourteen one group? Yeah. Yep. It's like uh, eleven to fourteen, fifteen to yeah. sixteen, seventeen to nineteen, so then twenty and up. Okay. okay. So, so yeah. follows us for tuning then. That that's exactly Absolutely. what we track with tuning. Okay. Yeah. Um, so eleven to fourteen, pretty much all the same. I mean, if, if like somebody was, you know, they've been a, a Cummins fan their whole life and they're gonna jump over to to an oval, would you tell them like, hey, all eleven to fourteen's pretty much identical? I would say when I when I um uh from a technician standpoint, just from the stuff that I see, elevens and twelves. If there was a 13 or 14, <laughs> right on. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dogging them out. I mean, 11 to 12, great. They're good ones, but I have seen uh, more issues with um, a glow plugs. Uh, I've had to put a bunch of, not a bunch, I should say, a, a handful of engines in because some glow plugs had broke. Um, but uh, as the 13s came out, uh, they got the new dash. Uh, some of the um, sensory locations were different over on the uh, passenger side of the engine. So there are little things like a different heater hose was on, uh, the EGR cooler, a little stuff uh, that us technicians know how things are ran, uh, maybe uh, different uh, style clamps like on the charger cooler ducts. Um, but I would say 11 and 12s in my mind have their own little classification where we're saying, you know, first gen six sevens are going to be 11 through 14. I get asked a lot, you know, if I was to get a six, seven, which ones would I get? I love my Illuma duties, but if I was to, to peep one out, 
I say if you say 13 and up, I'd say you, you'd be, you know, damn, damn goodbye. You know, you know, find somebody who obviously is taking care of it. That goes for your brand. <laughs> Cummins, yeah. Max. I mean, how I mean, do we prove that? But that's a know. big thing, but I, I do like the, you know, the interiors on the 13 because I, I generally classify the interior 13 to 16, you know, as mm-hmm. far as that, that big hump in the mat- middle of the dash. I feel that's like the dash my, go. That's been my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite interior for the Fords, you know, that 13 mm-hmm. to 16 era. It just, it always stuck with me. I remember when I saw it, it was like that button in the middle of the dash, like, whoa, they got a little lid. You could fill up now. It's like, no way. <laughs> and one of the things, I mean, Paul, we, we can relate to that. I mean, when you look at the, the LML era, because there are a little a lot of similarities between the LML platform and the 6.7 platform, that 11 and 12 era is, is kind of its own. And if you're going to buy one of those first generation LMLs, it's usually, if you're going to buy the old body style, it's a 13.14. You know, we, we right. see mm-hmm. more reliable. Now, yeah, and it is funny you mentioned that, Chris, because like I know the turbochargers, the fuel system, the ECUs, like there are a lot of similarities that like they might not be the same part number. You can't like pull a power stroke off and throw it, you know, turbo off and throw it on a Duramax. Right. But if you look at the actual internals of it, it's they're damn near the right. same thing. Um, and, HGT, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've worked on LMLs too. Uh, I don't like Duramax. <laughs> I had to That's, pull out too many tools for those things. <laughs> there's, there's definitely that that preference when it when it comes to that. Like you're saying, though. I mean, we have a tech at the shop. The shop manager, he's a V8 guy. You know, you give him a GM V8, he's about it. You give him a Cummins engine, he's like, yeah, I'm not working on it. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm out. I love the five nines and six seven Cummins too. I mean. I've worked on those. I've worked at a performance shop too. So it's like okay. I've I dabbled in Cummins and Duramax, but nothing beats the power strokes. I can have an EGR cooler <laughs> off power stroke in 30, 40 minutes. Cummins <laughs> is about an hour right behind it, but Duramax is like, oh God, I hate my life. They <laughs> <laughs> designed it to not to not ever have to get torn apart right isn't that the theory that i'm going with or at least i'm telling people um yeah all right so 11 to 14 what do you guys got ballparks on like power like performance wise like what is it 11 to 14 compared to the next generation like versus like a 15 16 did they get a big bump in power there well i I remember when He's going to look up some information. I remember when the 6.7s first came out, first 11s, boom, right off the get-go. They got um, a notice in the mail that uh, if you could come to the dealership and get this reprogram. I can't remember the verbatim what it was titled, but you got uh, like a 50 extra or 25 extra horse to bump it up to 400 horsepower. And it was like, we had people come in and it's like, yeah, uh, I'm here to get my uh, 400 horsepower upgrade. <laughs> what what (laughs) and so when they first came out uh you know that was a big a big thing around in in the in the dealer uh you know got a 400 horsepower uh pre-program um (laughs) but i think when they got to 14 uh or no 15 they got what what was it was it 430 I've, i've got them right here so so the awesome thing about coffee table books, they show horsepower and torque in them. They're awesome. uh, the 11, 11 trucks came and pick up for 390 horse, 735 foot pounds torque. Cab chassis came 300 660. Then when we bump up to Gen 2, 
they bumped the horsepower up. Scroll down. Uh, 300. Wait, no, that's six. That's 11. So where's the 15s? 15 is 448, 440 horse, 860 torque. Now, and, now, Gen 1 to Gen 2, what were some of those changes? Like, that, that's a significant power increase. We're talking, you know, 60, 70 horsepower there. Turbo, Cal, uh, DPF stayed the same. Uh, Intake air filter, that was the same. Yeah, turbo maybe. Um, no, that would that wouldn't be the same high pressure pump to turbo oh, change. Be, uh, I don't remember CP four right because the early six yeah. sevens are all on a CP four, same as an LML. Like it's all mm -hmm. the posh. It's CP four. Six seven six four or six seven's been CP four from the beginning to now. Yeah, yeah, just okay. different pressure tweaks. It was right. uh, original, and then it was, uh, you know, it was uh, a thirty thousand, and um, bumped it up oh. a little more. Yeah, and then now we're at uh, thirty-five thousand. So Jesus Christ, three, three, three pressure wasn't, changes. Wasn't there something? That, wasn't there like the eleven to fourteens versus the fifteen plus? The fifteen plus had like a little bit of a volume increase, or am I mistaken with that? I thought I read something about that. If they changed it, they didn't put it in the coffee table book. Yeah. Okay. Because it's not. There's nothing there about fuel injection. Interesting. All right. All right. But regardless, uh, tuning tweak, turbocharger. The turbocharger is the big thing that stands out to me. They went to more of a traditional uh, single, you know, compressor wheel setup. That turbocharger and the 15 plus are similar to like what we deal with on the Duramax LML platform. Exhaust housing, compressor housing, slightly different. But I mean, those trucks, I mean, we've seen them at the shop, Paul. You get one of those trucks tuned only to make almost 600 horsepower. I mean, it just, they're impressive. I've, I've said many times as a Duramax fan, I have no shame saying that, like, if you're looking for power on like tune only, you want to stay emissions equipped and all you want to do is literally throw a tune on the truck and have horsepower. You can't beat a 15 plus power stroke. There's just, there's no way to do the math around it. Like it, it is the best option. Uh, you brought up a good point too, Chris. I forgot about that turbo that that first gen turbo on the six sevens. That's the dual compressor. Is is it? There's two sides to the compressor wheel or something real goofy with that, isn't it? What is that? Mm -hmm. no, I forget what they call that intake. Like uh, it's got uh, the one part where the um, I can show uh, a picture. Here. Yeah, uh, air filter snorkel goes to, and then there's another part that connects to the. Uh, uh, lower intake manifold, so it's kind of goofy when you're taking it all apart. It's like I'm cutting it to two. Like what the? <laughs> Here we go. As long as I can screen share. Oh, there we go. Sharing. There we go. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. I've seen this before. This is such a cool. But again, like Ford, man, just swinging for the fences sometimes. Like I'll give them that. Like. What a cool design. What a what a a wild feat of engineering. Now, my understanding, not a lot of performance out of this charger. And, and are they high failure rates? Do these things give out pretty quickly? I find that the guys who do not keep up on the oil 
and um, are not, I don't want to say let, let the truck cool down, but are constantly heat, 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 heat. It doesn't, it's just nothing lives to that. Yeah. What happens? I got it. A lot of cab, a lot of cab chassis guys, a lot of cab, a lot of boom aerial tow trucks just coming in sounding like a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) And a lot of the the turbos that, you know, Paul and I might see are going to be something more on the line, along the lines of an aggressive tune in the truck, you know, the truck getting utilized in a really aggressive manner you know, everything's got a weak point, right? Everything has its limits. And there's a lot of products that are on the market that really test that, that turbocharger's ability to stay in one piece. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you said it. All right, so 1516, they get an upgraded turbo. That's a big performance benefit. There's a, a an improved calibration, which, you know, hey, Ford, don't step on my toes. That's what we do. Um that runs me up to 16, 17, 19. Are they their own group? And then 2021 is a separate or is it mm-hmm. 17 plus? 17 to 19. 17 to 19. Okay. Mm-hmm. What did, what did the oval get uh, from in 17 then? Uh, a big exterior upgrade. Yeah, it is. <laughs> interior. Uh, but um, uh, we got a little different changed catalyst. Um very similar, but just a different uh, sensors stage in a different uh, different uh, position, different uh, knock sensors, um, EGR cooler that pretty much stayed the same. Uh, Change some rods. Yep, def- def- different connecting rods. Did they go to a more robust connecting rod or a weaker connecting rod from the earlier models? They changed the, the wrist pin too. It was uh, wasn't it thirty four millimeter and then went to thirty six millimeter. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. It was, um, yeah, I, I, I don't quote me, but I think that's what it was. It was uh, upgraded wrist pin um, when we were getting engines, um, replacement engines. Um, you know, it's a uh, enhanced long block with upgraded wrist pins, like it'll say in the caption, um, <laughs> you know, whatever millimeter it was. Um, but that was one of the big things that was changed. Um, also, to go back to the other ones, the older ones used a press-in rubber gasket for the upper girdle, upper oil pan, where all the newer trucks from 13, 17, 18, 19 uh, all use RTV. So it's all <laughs> out of oil leaks. I don't know. I don't know anything about Duramax or Cummins, but I don't know if you guys have oil leaks <laughs> As bad as we do, but just oil <laughs> leaks, mean, oil Cummins, leaks for days. Cummins usually they they vibrate till they start leaking, right? So it's. Um, like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what else did they change? Uh, intake manifold, intake manifolds different. Charge pipes, those are probably the same. I mean, for the most part, the seventeen to nineteens are pretty much just a little bit upgraded from the earlier motors because they did it they didn't even decide to make another coffee table book so i mean it's pretty much the same with a few changes cal cal you know yeah you know what i'm talking about just different tweaks sure yeah i mean that's in that tune over time i get it i get it 
And that's what we have probably the most experience with, right, Paul, at the shop is the, the yeah. 17, 19 trucks and then, you know, the, the next generation. Definitely my my favorite, right? I like the interior oh, of the yeah. 15, 16, you know, don't get me wrong. But you get into a 17 plus truck. We had a 450 at the shop for a couple of years. I've had a couple of buddies with, you know, 17, 19s. They're refined. They drive nice, trans shift well. They make great power, good interiors. I get some guys, you know, they'll knock the uh, aluminum bed and whatnot, but I kind of like it. I, I don't have anything negative to say about them. I don't understand the complaint. Can I just say that about the aluminum bed? I'm like, I, I don't get what's, what's the drawback. I was coming from a 98 F-150 <laughs> four by two. So I have no complaints. <laughs> Pulling up to the light, putting the clutch in it. It doesn't even got a clutch. Like <laughs> I'm so. still in a 97 power stroke. So <laughs> Man, that was my first, that was my first diesel. That's after, after my heart as well. Yeah. I had the same thing. Yeah, man. Half a million miles and she's still going. So good truck, good truck. They don't make them like that no more. Let me tell you. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, but I love my six, seven and, and uh, the six, seven uh, is the longest running in-house diesel motor that ford has it is awesome and i feel if any realistically if anybody gets a six seven a well-maintained a good looking truck you're not gonna buy a you know a turd you're gonna uh you're gonna you know uh you're gonna like your buy it's gonna be a good buy i like that you brought that up you know because that was kind of one of the biggest things that i remember back in 2010 you know, you read it about a little bit in 09 and 10. And then when the release of the 6, 7, and 11 came out, they parted ways with International Harvester, maintained that Power Stroke name, and kept Ford as the manufacturer of that engine. So, you know, Ford got a lot of flack at one point for that, talking about the turbo technology and an in-house engine. And, uh, you know, Era, to your point, you know, it is the longest running engine out of anything. Best move they made. Best, best move. Everything, it was the whole engine. They're responsible for everything. So it made um, uh, diagnostics way easier um, and uh, support as well, because we're not having to deal with, you know, middleman forward between international and, right. you know. Yeah, hitting that, uh, especially nowadays, as you you take a look at it, because there are, there are so many options for consumers as they're looking at trucks, right? And like Ford oh, had had a great name in diesels of the 7.3. The 6.0, I think there's still a lot of hardcore performance enthusiasts out there. But I would say most, most people who aren't like brand loyal probably hated their 6.0 after a certain period of time. Just the reality Second favorite. Of it. Second favorite. Second favorite. <laughs> and, then, and then the 6.4, the 6.4 again, like, like, swinging for the fences all of these revolutionary ideas and these things that were were so cool about the 6.4 and hey chris we've talked to some guys that have made nasty power and crazy competition trucks with the 6.4 no question it's a viable platform but again it, there so was a big reliability factor that's just crazy <laughs> yeah man it, it is there i mean there's guys you know well over the thousand horsepower mark rocking six fours wow. like like it's unreal but but it's not it's not the same truck that you're going to see at, at a dealership, right? Like as as a tech, it's just right. Right. They, they're so far changed. There's been so many things modified from what they got from the factory that 
is it still a power stroke? I don't know, right? I, I don't know what time you say <laughs> we have now metamorphosed this into something else. Um, like but then with the six seven, it has been this this kind of staple of reliability, and they've also they've they've kind of fallen in line. They they finally adopted common rail um, fuel system. They finally adopted like variable vane turbo technology. You know all these kind of things that had become or were becoming staples around that 07 and a half era. Um, that the other platforms kind of were already getting into, they jumped with it. The other big thing that I could say about Ford is I almost never hear people complain about their transmissions. I honestly couldn't even tell you an aftermarket Ford trans builder off top of my head. Maybe Red Horse Diesel, maybe? Chris, do you know Sun any? Coast. Does anybody build Power Stroke Transes? Suncoast. Suncoast, Sun sure. Revmax is one. I mean, there's a couple. And I. It, it really does pain me to say this, but, you know, when you look at the diesel arena, right, Allison has the big name. When you talk about the Duramaxes and, oh, I got a, I got a truck with an Allison. I, I hate to well, say well, it. That, I hate to say that Allison's built by Ford if it's a 10-speed. Right. Well, that, <laughs> we're going to get into that. Get into that. When you think of that, that era, you know, we'll, we'll stick to what we're talking about here, the 11 plus. Personally, I think the Fords had a better trans compared to an Allison over the years, a more Earth. durable transmission. Uh, more refined. S6R um, is bulletproof. It is. It really <laughs> is. I mean, Paul, we've had guys, dealers that have had like twin turbo six, seven power strokes yeah. making wow. wheel and it's on a stock trans, which is trans tuning. And like they yeah. drive so nice. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I think getting into getting ahead of ourselves now, going into the new platform, the 2020 plus and talking about in-house names and maintaining a name, the transmission is a big piece in, in that 10-speed arena, which, Paul, we're, we deal with, right? Like, we, we play with those. Begrudgingly, um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, can you, what can you guys tell us about what that newest vision or newest version of the 6.7 um, with the 10-speed, what were those changes, and what's the current power stroke today? Well, I have a 2020 and uh, it was, uh, like I said, coming from an older vehicle uh, and driving everybody else's power stroke, now driving mine every day and having it be a 10 speed. You know, I hear um, people uh, tow uh, a lot of weight with it. I don't tow mine, it's just a daily driver. I don't have any issues. I do like it has on the shifter stock uh, a bunch, uh, probably five, five different drive modes, whereas the uh, 6R140 did not. So that was a big, uh, not creature feature, but driving change. I always run an eco mode, got the little green leaf. Um, uh, getting used to plastic transpan, poly transpan. I don't think a lot of guys <laughs> like that. They think plastic road debris and um, no fill tube, no way to check trans fluid. That's kind of a bummer. Big. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's that's really the only thing that kind of bums me out is just being a person, uh, a tech, uh, somebody who is in tune with the fluids of his vehicle. Um, trans is a big fluid. <laughs> kind of want to check that too. I don't want to have to lay underneath if you're a gasser working next to the catalytic converters with a sleeve on. and uh, Like I don't, nobody wants to do that. So I don't know. I like the 10 speed. I personally have no complaints, but 
I think we need to be able to check the flow. That's a big, a big thing for a lot of people, especially if you're working these trucks, they are working trucks. These things need to be maintenance and service, not at a hundred thousand miles when, you know, now I have a problem right? because I didn't change fluid. So now, that's the only thing. The 10 speed is a joint venture between Ford and GM, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a transmission that is manufactured by Ford offered to GM or what, what's some of that? Entitled? I don't know. I don't know how that really works. I know they were playing with it together. So okay. I was, I was part of F-150 diesel in uh, Roush when I worked there. And they said, oh, this was a GM transmission. We put the bell housing off of it and put a Ford bell housing on it. Oh, wow. Here you go. (laughs) Put it in this truck. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) The R&D at its finest. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) But I don't know how that works because I know – majority of it the internals are like the same from what i understand but the external case is different apparently i know it's got to fit the gm bell housing but after that it's like uh way over my head (laughs) (laughs) i'm an engine guy not a trans guy (laughs) well i mean let's talk about the power plant the engine side was there many differences or changes from the 1719 going into the 2020? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a ton. Steel pistons. I think the rods got changed again. The block got changed a little bit. We got steel uh, pistons. Intake changed considerably. The upper intake became aluminum, the lower became plastic. Um, Turbo big two. Turbo check got changed to electronic VGT and set oil. Um, what else? There was a lot of changes. Um, oil pan got a gasket on it again in mm-hmm. 20. The oil uh, pump. Uh, so you guys can picture, you know, the bottom of the, the bottom of the uh, of the block and the oil pump being behind the crank. Yeah. This one is actually now down in the oil sump a little bit. So you can't just pull the pan all the way back. You're going to have to skyjack the engine. Oh, he's got, you'll see what I'm talking about right here. New pumps down here. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. A little, little more different tad bit, but. Uh, they also now have a oil pressure. Mm-hmm regulator which or electronic oil pressure regulator basically high low oil pressure um there's a better picture of the pump a little beefier yeah we're right now it's you know in in with the front cover uh behind the front cover rather um as one piece where you can see this one's kind of bolted to the block behind the front cover now, from a, a tech's perspective, is this like kind of a nightmare for you guys? Or is this something where you look at this technology and it's something that you guys get excited and stand behind? I, I like it. Uh, I do. Um, I'm excited that they're using a pan gasket now instead of RTV. Because <laughs> one of the things that I look at is taking those pans off. And, you know, we, you know, jack the motor up a little bit on one side and we're able to, you know, you know, working at this much, got RTV on here. It's like, come on, come, you know, come on, come, you know. <laughs> or now, 
we're not gonna be able to do that no more. And I'm just thinking ahead, like, are we gonna ever have to take this off? You know, what plan of attack? What do we have to do? You know, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, do you guys have a favorite throughout these generations, the six, seven, if you had to make a recommendation, I know you had said earlier, A-Rod, hey, anything 13 newer, you're going to be good to go. Cody, what are your thoughts? If you had somebody come to you and say, I want to buy one, I found one of each generation that's, you know, awesome condition. What do you think? I wouldn't say one over the other. I think 11 through 22 is just fine with me. I mean, 11, the worst parts about the 11s are the glow plugs and the valves. That's it. Okay. After that, it's like they're a solid motor. I've worked, on, I've worked on trucks with three, 400,000 miles on the 11. So it's like, as long as you take care of it, all right. it's all in the maintenance. I like that. A-Rod, if you had a piece of advice for somebody who's brand new to working on their power stroke, they just bought it, they got a 6.7, and they have to wrench on it at home what would that advice be um i would make sure to visit my channel power stroke tag talk with a rod <laughs> and check go. out the playlists because i have non-stop oil leaks coolant leaks fuel leaks anything and i'm a lot of these repairs i've done at home or done at other people's uh, establishments where i don't have my comfort of being in the shop. So uh, having relatable stuff so that you guys at home can uh, do what you're seeing in the video and get your truck back on the road. So that's my advice. Absolutely. And that's good advice, guys. Uh, we are actually having a rod on today because uh, I stumbled across some killer videos that he had about some really interesting topics there on his YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to have a link in the show notes. You guys need to jump over there, jump on, subscribe to the channel, start following the content right away. If you're listening to this, you're going to love listening to that. No question about it. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking some time to uh, share your knowledge with our audience. Paul, Chris, thanks, guys. We appreciate thanks it. For having me. Thanks for having me on, too. Uh, everyone, stick around. We're going to have more Diesel Performance Podcast coming at you in just a moment. Hey guys, this is Sean Lynn, your remote support expert. And on this week's podcast, we're going to talk about 21 2.8 Duramax tuning. Basically, uh, these trucks are a little bit different than the 16 to 18 models to where we actually have to pull a read off first. So what I'm going to do is start by plugging the device into the OBD2 port. And then we're going to turn the ignition to the run position on the truck. What we need to do is navigate through these menus here. We're going to go to Tune Tool. Tuning, read tune, and we're going to start by selecting E98, which is the engine tune. And it's about a five minute process or so to read the stock engine tune off. So once we get past the reading part, basically it'll give you a message saying that the tune file has been read off, and it'll have you hit the X button, which will then give you a countdown so that you can turn your key off. And basically what we're going to do is the same thing again, except instead of choosing E98, we're going to choose T43, and we're going to read the trans off. And at this point, you would have to plug the device into your computer, and then you're going to email us the tune files, stock file at duramaxtuner.com, so that we can build them and then send them back to you.
And when we get the new tune files, basically all you have to do is copy it to your device. And then we're gonna do a similar process. Instead of going to read tune, we're gonna to go to tuning and we're gonna choose program full here. So we're gonna select the street tune because this guy is gonna daily drive this tune basically. And that's what we recommend for that. So I'll go ahead and load that one on here. Check through these boxes. And the first time around, it's gonna ask me to license the controller, which I'm gonna hit the check mark twice. And then it'll license the controller for us. It'll start saying erasing, and then you know that you're basically removing the factory file, and it's getting ready to write our new modified file in there. Okay, and then while the tune is loading on here, most of the time you're good to go, but if you've had tuning for a while now and we're doing an update, sometimes the device itself needs to be updated and it could potentially throw an error code on the screen. And if that ever happens, we would just need to know what that is exactly to determine how to help you with that. It's typically just an updating thing. Parts of the device are not as updated as the file itself. And this is, a, this is about a 10 minute flash process for the engine in about five minutes for the trans. So when the tune finishes loading, it'll give you this message saying that it's complete basically. And you'll hit the X button and it'll give you the countdown to turn the key off. And you can just wait the 15 seconds. And after that, all we have to do is go to program full again, ignition on. And we are gonna load the mod TCM tune this time, which should only take about five minutes instead of about 10. All right, and then just like before, it'll tell you that the flash is done and you'll hit the X button, turn the key off and wait for the countdown. And when this completes, you'll be good to go. You can go ahead and unplug the spade and then start the truck and make sure everything is good. And beyond that, all you have to do is drive the truck and enjoy it. All right, guys, that concludes our knowledge base segment for the week. And we'll see you guys next week. Anthony, how the hell are you? Good, Chris. How you doing? Well, you know, another episode of Rumor Mill, right? Right, exactly. One of uh, the things as we, you know, kind of get into some of the topics, um, I've been noticing, you know, going through the the different Facebook pages and stuff like that, that some of the um, facilities that manufacture vehicles are starting to kind of be shut down. Yeah. And Ford's been uh, kind of uh, the at the forefront of, hey, we're going to be shutting down six or seven plants and all these other type of... Uh, Eye openers, right? Of yeah. Chip shortages, vehicle shortages, things like that. A lot of changes for sure. And uh, you came up with uh, a, a GM rumor, yeah. right? That seems to have some v uh, validation or validity to it. But uh, what do we have on the two eight front? Yeah. So something. Uh, I mean, I should say I'll start with. It's talking about the two eights, a truck that's been near and dear to our heart for. How many years now? Yeah, Five, mean, six plus? We just released a 2.8 charger, you know, a drop-in turbo. It's been something that uh, we've been offering support for since its inception in the, the domestic side. So, yeah. you know, it's a cool platform to say the least. Yeah, they're fun trucks. They make a healthy amount of power. Yeah. We know, especially with tuning, there's a lot in the aftermarket. I mean, like comparing a Jeep to it, like a lot of suspension. You can take mirrors from modern trucks. Yeah. You know, you can turbo swap them. 
you know, some guys are doing fuel systems, things like that. So yeah. there's a lot of uh, development or a lot of room, I should say, for aftermarket support. Um, GMAuthority.com is the website who has been kind of, you know, talking about the rumor mill. GM hasn't come out and said anything, but a couple websites are saying that 22 is going to be our last year to get the 2.8 liter wow. Duramax LWN motor. Now, it's it's unique because, you know, they, they released last year or two years ago now the, the 3 liter Duramax. They have them in the Suburban, the 1500s. Um, so there's been some talk about this over the last couple of years, I would say, that they would be phasing that out and, you know, what's to come, what's going to replace it. And you were saying that there's going to be a, a gas engine, essentially, to replace it? Yeah. So come 23, and I'll, I'll touch on kind of the plants getting shut down in a second here. 23, they're talking about a 2.4 straight four uh, gas turbocharged vehicle taking mm -hmm. place of the 2.8. Um, and some things, I mean, if you go on... Uh, GM Authority's website, they have a link to like the full article okay. that guys can go and check out. And it talks about how the motor is built specifically. It kind of made its entry in 2019, but it's like talking about the bore, the stroke, all that is for low end torque response or being very torquey of a so motor. trying to mimic what the diesel offers. Exactly. It's, they branded it as it's going to be like uh, a truck motor. Oh. Try to make it as torquey and fun and powerful as, as they can, I should say, in that platform. Um, and part of the other part of that rumor is there's a plant in Missouri who is very prominent in building majority of the Colorados and the canyons okay. with the two eights in them. And that plant got shut down for roughly three weeks, beginning of January okay. this year. And people are rumoring that that is going to be kind of the transition to you know, the machines that put like the 2.8 motors together, right, put them in the truck. The gas engine now. Yeah, that okay. they're getting new machines, programming things like that to get all the that plant ready for the 2.4, I well, should say. I guess at least it's still a turbocharged engine, so that's yeah, kind of cool. Exactly, and that, you know, also who knows what, you know, I know tuning's getting harder with the PCM unlocks and ECM yeah. unlocks with these new ones, but who knows, maybe that'll open up a new avenue for us as well. Potentially, right? Mm -hmm. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, other than that, that's really what I've got today, kind of the rumor that's been floating around. I mean, we get calls every day on, you know, 2.8s and 22 support. I mean, I've already had people asking, what's 23 look like? Right. Well, I feel like this might give us a little bit of an insight to what's to come. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, 22 going into 23, especially in the GM arena, uh, you know, rumor with the 2.8, but you have the 6.6 side of things where the L5P, there is going to be a revamp, and who knows if that engine is going to be branded as an L5P, but there is a revamp interior-wise, which we generally think that there's going to be another ECM offering, mm -hmm. which that's going to be a tighter security than what we've seen in years past. And yeah. GM's been at the forefront of you know, uh, security measures in the ECM to keep people out. Um, you know, the 17 L5P through the 21 that we do s currently support, you know, the industry supports. Um, that was definitely an eye-opener with uh, the ECM Unlock, ECM Exchange, yeah. you know, all of that. Um, and, you know, you know that we're working with 22 stuff, trying to, you know, open up that avenue. So it's only going to get tougher. Yeah, and I mean, like, you talk about the Fords also, the, f the Unlock procedure, because 20 and 21s, we have to have them bench flashed. Right. 22s, I mean, we've kind of messed around with, but it's we don't know what that looks like right. as of now. Just, just yet. And who knows, maybe, you know, EFI Live HP tuners on the new gas 2.8s for the Colorados and Canyons for you know, kind of a lack of a better term, but, but, you know, we'll see what that brings. Well, you see with the new Bosch controllers in the EcoBoost space, so the three fives and the two sevens, um, anything 21 plus, essentially, just kind of group that all together, um, that has a different Bosch ECM and a different uh, encryption that Bosch has implemented in those ECMs, which has kept the aftermarket out. Now, I'm not saying that that's not going to come about, yeah. right? But it definitely throws a hurdle in what we do, you know, and, exactly. and guys that are listening to this that are maybe inquiring about buying a new truck or their buddies have trucks and they want to modify or whatever it uh you know depending on the year of the truck you know you, you might be limited yeah exactly 
No, I definitely agree. But that's what I've got for kind of the rumor mill this week, and uh, we'll see kind of you know what else comes about this in the future. I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow some of this as well. I think you know this is in good uh, intel, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. So as more of this uh, more of this you know develops, you know we should uh, you know kind of revisit this next week. Yeah, so. absolutely. Cool. Perfect. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson and Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, dude, I don't know what I'm getting from Culver's today, man.